Glenn Beck program. So a few years ago, I attended a conference where Jeff Brown was one of the speakers, and I couldn't wait to listen to him and to hear what he was talking about. And he started in, and then I couldn't wait to talk to him more privately. He is an amazing guy. He is the founding uh, partner of <clears throat> Brownstone Research, uh, which he is an analyst there to help people invest their money on coming technology. He spent 25 years as a high technology executive, worked for some of the biggest high tech companies, Qualcomm, NXP, Semiconductors, the uh, Juniper Networks. He's an angel investor in several uh, big high tech companies. Also, listen, listen to this. Uh, he also earned his undergraduate degree in aeronautical and astronautical engineering from Purdue University. Master's degree in management from London Business School. Uh, also, the Yale University School of Management. Uh, in, in, in also, in addition to his uh, formal degrees, he has certificates from MIT, Stanford, UC Berkeley School of Law, and the National University of Singapore. Holy cow. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I have enough room in my head for all of that knowledge. But it was the aeronautical and astronautical engineering uh, from Purdue that I thought... I'm not smart enough to know if that's a rocket scientist, but I think it's pretty darn close. And I wanted to ask him not only about the news of the day and what's happening on the silencing of voices and the financial markets with Bitcoin, but I also wanted to talk to him about what is being called the UFO Navy patents. The Navy has come out and patented some amazing things, but they're sketchy on details. They won't say if they're in development. Uh, you can't talk to the guy who actually fi uh, filed the patents. And if they are real, it's a whole different world tomorrow. I asked him a week ago, could you could you look into these? Because he'd understand them. Tell me what they mean. And if you think this is a real thing or not, his answer, which I haven't heard yet, begins in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Patricia lives in Michigan, and for quite a while, she was convinced that the pain she was living in, which seemed to increase in intensity and frequency, was a product of her just, you know, getting older. Damp, rainy days were the worst. Sometimes the weather, if it was bad, she could barely function at all. She started to get really depressed about it. I mean, it is living in constant pain is really, really difficult to do, especially when you're at the, at the end of your rope. You either give up, which I had done, uh, or... Uh, if you're lucky enough, you find hope and you're willing to try anything or you have somebody like me, my life, my wife, who said, stop it. Keep going. You got to try this. And so we were trying everything. We tried Relief Factor. Well, that's the same thing Patricia did. She said uh, she was three days, three days into it. Uh, she started to notice things were happening with her pain. It was going down. She says today her pain is gone. She doesn't have trouble on rainy days anymore. The inflammation went away. Now, will this work for you? I don't know. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. Why would you do that unless it was working? It's worked for me, and it could work for you. Just try it. See if you're part of that 70%. ReliefFactor.com. Call them at 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. Jeff Brown. 
for, uh, founder and chief investment analyst for Brownstone Research, editor of The Bleeding Edge. Uh, you can follow him at jeffbrownletter.com. Jeff, how are you? Good morning. Doing great. I am always excited to talk to you because I know you have answers about stuff that I'm fascinated uh, with and curious about. Uh, we contacted you, what, it was a few days ago, maybe a week ago, about the UFO patents and asked you to go in and, and look at them and explain what they say they are and if you think there's anything there. So can, can you tell me about the patents that the Navy has filed and what they say they are? Yes, and uh, it was uh, great fun to, uh, to actually read the patents. Of course, very interesting. Uh, but, it, you know, at the highest level, the, the construct is effectively technology uh, that could be used potentially uh, to build a spacecraft for space travel. Uh, the core of the patents is built around um, what is a compact nuclear fusion device. Uh, and we can think of this as really the power source, the uh, device that can create enough energy to do some pretty extraordinary things uh, with any kind of craft. It wouldn't have to be just a spacecraft. You could use this for an application, a maritime application, boats, submarines, uh, a planes even. Um, uh, and on top of this nuclear fusion device, uh, some of the other patents are supportive of um, advanced propulsion technology, uh, a, a laser augmented propulsion system. So we can just think of kind of the next generation of rocket engines, uh, which was an area that I actually uh, specialized in, propulsion, when I was at Purdue University. So he's a rocket scientist. And, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you and, were. I just um, didn't know for sure. I'm not smart enough to figure out your degrees. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and then on top of that, Glenn, uh, they have, uh, uh, he designed this, uh, what's called a, a mass reduction device. Now, I'm not going to... Uh, take the leap and call it anti-gravity, but let's just say that the outline of the patent would make a vehicle, uh, what's a good uh, analogy, uh, you know, lighter on its feet, really capable of very extreme speeds. Uh, when so you're talking about very are, extreme speeds, what kind of speeds are you talking about? Well, over time, uh, especially in space, um, propulsion thrust builds on itself. There is, it's a, it's a vacuum. So uh, the longer you uh, use propulsion or thrust, the faster you go. You can begin to start to approach the speed of light. Which Einstein uh, says, if I if explain this, E equals MC square means you can't reach the speed of light because you would need so much propulsion that as you as you build it bigger and bigger and bigger, it slows you down. So you can, there's, there's a point of diminishing return. Is that, uh, is that a layman's understanding of it or is that completely wrong? Well, a, a simpler way to uh, explain it would be to say that um, we can near the speed of light, but we can't break through it, uh, which is really what um, uh, uh, Einstein's uh, research was about. Crossing the threshold of the speed of light is the tricky part. Why? We haven't figured out quite how to do that yet. Why? Uh, for the reasons for the reasons that um, 
you mentioned, actually. Okay. Uh, traveling beyond the speed of light is theoretically possible. But it's just that trick. It's that uh, ability to get faster than the speed of light, uh, faster than uh, light particles, which is, which is the tricky part. But look, if we could uh, approach the speed of light with a device and a power generation um, a fusion device that was outlined in the patents, uh, that would open the doors for some pretty remarkable uh, a travel beyond our own solar system, for example. So they they also had a electromagnetic uh, shield of some sort, uh, like a defense shield. Did you see I, that one? I, that was one of my favorites. I'm calling it the force field patent. Okay. Um, they called it the electromagnetic field generation. Uh, and it, that's essentially what it is. Um, they're using a lot of power to create, we can think of it as an electromagnetic shield that is capable of deflecting objects as large as asteroids. Uh, it could be deflecting objects from uh, weapons, space-based or land-based weapons, uh, and pretty much anything you can think of. Uh, so theoretically, what it outlines is the ability to protect the spacecraft from any incoming missiles or asteroids or devices that could damage the, the craft itself. And there were a series of, uh, uh, another one of the patents was, was a high-frequency gravitational wave generator, which is also related to basically this force field, this ability to shield the aircraft from anything that might damage it. So before we get into what you believe, um, what would the world be like if, if, as the Navy says, they've, uh, they've already tested these things and they work, there's no evidence of that. But what would the world, what, what would this mean? If we look at this purely from a power generation perspective, uh, we should remember that nuclear fusion uh, produces more energy than is required to run the fusion reactor. Uh, and forms of nuclear fusion produce zero uh, radioactive waste of any kind. So what this means for the world, presuming it, it would work, uh, could be limitless, essentially free, clean energy for the entire planet. You could put these very compact nuclear fusion reactors almost in every neighborhood, uh, and it would fuel the planet. Well, we know it happens because if you saw the documentary film uh, Back to the Future 2, Mr. Fusion was right there powering the car. So we know it happens in the future. Are we talking about uh, uh, something that could power like that, our, our cars? I guess we would run off of batteries. So it could, it could power everything. Yes, and, and it, which is... Um, Precisely what would happen. So, for example, right now, if we think about our electric vehicles or one of the biggest um, areas of tech that's being hyped right now are hydrogen fuel cells or hydrogen as a clean source of energy, which it is. But the problem is, is that we're producing hydrogen and we're producing electricity almost exclusively with fossil fuels. So the electricity is dirty. It's based on carbon but the car itself doesn't have any emissions. Uh, but a nuclear fusion power like this 
would mean that all of the electricity that we produce uh, would would produce uh, clean hydrogen fuels, would fuel our electric vehicles, and the whole energy production and usage consumption supply chain would be clean. I remember, uh, it, I remember, let me just change the subject here for a second. I remember in, mm-hmm. I think, 1976-ish, uh, we sent Voyager out. Uh, and it wasn't too many years ago that Voyager finally left our solar system. On the, on the, the craft, the spacecraft that you say could approach these kinds of speeds, how long would it take us? How fast could we get to just the outer planets of our of our solar system uh with technology like this so remember back in the 70s uh it's all our propulsion was almost in the i mean uh, to, to use an analogy in the stone ages right yeah right um very very um simple basic uh limited output in terms of thrust which is why voyager took so long to leave our right. solar system uh we're in a different world right now. Um, it's 2021. Uh, what we can do and what's being suggested here, uh, you know, we, we would be out outside of our own solar system. Uh, we could count it in a matter of days. Oh my uh, gosh. Just, this is a very different, you know, if it's real, uh, we're looking at a, a completely different paradigm for, okay. Uh, exploring not only our solar system, but the rest of, uh, the rest of the galaxy. All right. So I'm going to get your opinion on whether it's real or not and what it and and and, and why uh, coming up in one minute. Stand by. Let me tell you first about real estate agents. I trust uh, buying and selling a house sucks. Moving sucks. All of it sucks. And it's not just as simple as exchanging a set of keys for a big fat check. Boy, that wouldn't be bad, would it? I mean, that would be the best part of it. You've got inspections, repairs, remodeling. You've got to take care of everything. And you have to you have to find a real estate agent that can help you with all of that. Plus somebody you trust that is going to help you and understands the contract and all of that stuff. Some points you're going to get hungry. I, I don't know if I mean, maybe it's just me. I'm hungry just thinking about how much work there has to be done. Real estate agents I trust is an organization that I started that you can you can find the right real estate agent in the area that you are either buying or selling a house in or both. And they'll be the agent that we feel is the best in that area. Somebody who has a really strong track record of doing business the right way. Somebody who's been in it for a long time, has a deep Rolodex, if you will, and knows who to call when you need a repair. You need to do some curb appeal stuff, can help get that stuff done quickly. And can also negotiate, knows the market well, can negotiate and, and they know what the right price is to sell or buy a home. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, this stuff would be game-changing we know the pentagon uh, and specifically i think it's the navy has been telling us now for about a year that alien spacecraft or or some sort of spacecraft that they believe has otherworldly capabilities have been spotted and tracked 
um, with incredible speeds and agility. Uh, and we've seen the videos of them released and verified by uh, the Navy and the Pentagon. Uh, so we've been feeling like something is happening here. Now, with this stuff, maybe those were U.S. tests uh, being done. But when you look at the patents, because we can't talk to the guy who actually says that, that he did all of the work. Um, it, when you look at the patents, is this stuff real, Jeff? Well, uh th- th- one of the reasons they were interesting to read is because uh, theoretically they certainly have the potential to be real. Um, but what was odd about uh, the patents and the way that they were written is that they were remarkably light on details. Uh, very basic in terms of um, the diagrams that were used, very basic in terms of uh, the science and mathematics to to back up or defend what was being proposed. And also a lot of um, what I would call presumptive language uh, in terms of some of the most critical, the, 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 the hardest things, problems to solve, quantum mechanics and how to, how to manage and contain a, a, a nuclear fusion plasma reaction. There's almost no detail whatsoever. Uh, so in that regard, the patents almost read more like science fiction than an actual technological patent or breakthrough, if that makes sense. Okay, so is that something that the the government has done in the past or would do to protect so nobody else, they're not giving away information? Or is this well, highly unusual? I can imagine if you and I were sitting in a room and had this technology under our control working for a government it wouldn't matter if it's the u.s or otherwise we certainly wouldn't want to share it with the rest of the world and make it public right. information uh you know this technology obviously could be used uh for offensive and very dangerous purposes uh, it could also solve the world's need for clean energy right right um so i can i can look at this from from both, both sides. perspectives um, uh, so why file a, wait wait why file a patent if there's nothing really in it that I mean what what would that protect why would you file that uh, that doesn't I agree it doesn't make any sense um, it, it doesn't protect the actual invention presuming that there is one uh, and um, uh, unless unless the the one thing that I thought of. Uh, over the last couple of days is uh, it's, it could be intentional misinformation. In other words, yeah. it's designed to look a little bit kind of fluffy and weak to almost prove that it doesn't exist when in actuality, perhaps it does. It could also be, this is when these mind games start in. It could also be uh, that the technology doesn't exist but they've they've had so many releases of these videos of of craft that are unexplainable that it makes our enemies think, well, that's them. They got something that we don't have. Sure. Um, and could force other countries to spend inordinate in order inordinate amounts of money solving a problem that may be impossible to solve. Right. And do you know anything about the inventor that he's 
he's kind of in the shadows. Do we know anything about him? Uh, I certainly don't. He's, uh, it seems like uh, much of a mystery. Huh. Okay. Um, I want to take a quick break, and then I want to talk to you about some real-world things that are happening. Bitcoin is one of them. The silencing of voices and the the algorithms that are starting to sort us uh, and contain us and and teach us, of course. Uh, and I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on th- the technology being used and the technology that is on the horizon that will make things either better or worse. Uh, we'll continue with uh, Jeff Brown, um, our high tech kind of uh, advisor, if you will, on the uh, program. He's the founder and chief investment analyst for Brownstone Research, editor of The Bleeding Edge, which you can sign up for. You can find him at brownstoneresearch.com or jeffbrownletter.com. More in just a second. I'm so fascinated this to hear. Is the Glenn Beck program. I really want to know what you think. What do you think, Stu? I think we're all going to die. Okay, good. Uh, if you've worked hard to get, thank you for that <laughs> message on Valentine's Day weekend. If you've worked hard to get where you are today, and I'm assuming you have, you you certainly know the value of a dollar, and you love the feeling of being smart and saving money uh, and not overpaying for things. Well, you may be overpaying for your mortgage right now. You're definitely overpaying for the, the money that you're borrowing from these banks for credit cards. I mean, unless you think, you know, 15, 18, 20% interest rate is, you know, reasonable when the banks are getting that money damn near for free uh call american financing right now and see if you can roll in your high interest credit card debts into your mortgage uh and pay them off and get a very reasonable i mean sometimes Stu just got a loan in the twos from Mm -hmm. american financing it's true that'll save you a buttload of money and you don't have to reset your term so if you're paying three or four percent for your mortgage or if you want to roll that some of that debt into your mortgage without resetting the loan just helping you save money give you a little breathing room 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We have Jeff Brown, the founder and chief investment analyst for Brownstone Research, the editor of The Bleeding Edge. Uh, With us, we're talking about uh, high tech and uh, <clears throat> Jeff, I, I want to ask you about a couple of things because we, you know, I've, I've never liked regulation of companies. I don't like it. Uh, I mean, except for the huge, huge things. Um, but uh, uh, private companies have a, a right to do what private companies want to do unless they're killing people. Um, beyond that, government should stay out of the way. Well, we're so far beyond that now. We're we're we have corporations where conservatives are saying we can't uh, we can't get involved in Facebook. They're a they're a public uh, com- a, a private company. Uh, well, no, they're actually now public private corporations in a way, not officially, but they are so deeply in bed with our government. That's a whole different story. 
Um, we are now seeing these corporations. Bank of America just yesterday said that they are imposing their own uh, ESG standards through the WEF. Uh, this is part of this great reset where they're going to start putting pressure on their clients for loans. You're not going to be able to get loans from them uh, unless you hit these ESG standards, which is going around Congress. They have a right to do it, but all of these companies seem to be in collusion doing it. And I think people understand some of this stuff instinctually, and it's why Bitcoin has gone crazy between the spending and the unease of what is everything, what's, what, what are these banks doing, what's happening I think that's Bitcoin. Is Bitcoin an answer to this, or are they going to shut that down too? Well, uh, the the risk uh, from a centralized government perspective is certainly that um, uh, the the power and presence of of Bitcoin actually erodes public confidence in um, the reserve currency, the U.S. dollar. Uh, right now, it's still a blip. Uh, it, you know, to put things in perspective, it's still it's still an emerging market, an emerging asset class. Uh, it is not in any way um, fully decentralized uh, uh, at this stage, and um, I believe there will be improvements upon uh, Bitcoin in terms of uh, a store of value over time in the in the whole blockchain industry. Um, but what we are definitely seeing is uh, a flight away from really very egregious uh, monetary policy and into something that has a very clear mathematically defined monetary policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, there's scarcity in Bitcoin. There will only ever be 21 million ever produced. So uh, knowing that um, actually helps the industry understand the value of that currency. Is um, is blockchain can blockchain protect us or can blockchain be used against the freedom of people? Well, I, you know, we, we should look at it if it's as with most technologies, if it's used in the right way, it can be used in a way to preserve our right. freedoms and it can be used in a way to preserve our assets and to move our assets uh, as we see fit. Uh, It can also be used in a way to protect our privacy, our assets, I use that very broadly, but even it can be used in a way to protect our own information and only permit it to be viewed uh, with our own authorization. So in that way, it's a very powerful technology that could solve so many of these problems that you've identified. So um, one of the things that we struggle with, and I have heard, I mean, Tucker Carlson last night uh, revealed that he, his show is being targeted. Of course it is. I've seen it firsthand. These machines are even more powerful than when they turned them on against me uh, in, what, 2008 is when they first started coming after us. Uh, it, it, it is, it's remarkable. And now it is everywhere. It's everywhere. And the solution used to be, well, you can't be on, you shouldn't be on this network, so go start your own thing. Well, we did. And, I mean, I think your company is an advertiser on The Blaze, uh, so you know. The Blaze has just passed a milestone. We are the largest right-leaning subscription service 
in the world. Uh, and now that's not far enough away because it's successful. Facebook, Twitter, uh, has, you know, bans, the threat of bans. If you get Google and Amazon like they just did with Parler, you're out. Uh, Fox, uh, Newsmax facing bans now on cable satellite carriers. It, it, and they keep saying, well, you'll have to build your own services. Well, is that even possible? Is there anything to, to preserve voices against a system gone mad? Well, the, the answer is it depends on how deep it goes. Uh, it, it's um, a remarkable threat, uh, certainly to our freedoms and the ability to even access services, for example, uh, like the Blaze, of which I'm a subscriber. Um, you know, when you have powerful companies like Amazon, where, um, uh, you know, uh, innocent companies might be paying as a customer to host their services, to right. stream their video podcasts or shows, and then Amazon just decides to deplatform you, um, there's not much you can do. Of course, you can move off of Amazon, but that could cost your business to be offline for several days or weeks uh, and uh, until you find another platform provider to host your, your content. Um, we can get around that in terms of hosting it. I think there will always be a market for people that aren't deplatforming services and uh, just want to run a healthy business. Uh, where I get really concerned is when you think about Internet service providers. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously here in the U.S., if you're a cable company, you provide Internet service or you're a Verizon or AT&T, you might have some fiber to the home if you're lucky enough. But what if those corporate entities decide to block right. the IP addresses of the Blazed or anyone else? Um, that literally cuts off the line. Where do we go then if our Internet connection uh, is filtered uh, or censored or banned. Um, the satellite service, you and I spoke previously about Elon Musk's Starlink project. Um, that would certainly be an alternative, but it can't handle, you know, millions of users no. at one time. It's not very it's, limited in terms of capacity. Yeah, it doesn't have a pipeline. It's certainly not going to be 5G kind of capabilities. It's It doesn't have the pipeline to handle all of this stuff. And I just read... What, yesterday or this morning, I, I glanced at an article where they're talking about uh, how they think that this might be in violation of some regulations. I mean, he's got them in space now, and they're still saying, well, I don't know if this is if this is going to fly. <laughs> I mean, you well, got to be. It definitely flies. Yeah, it flies. <laughs> they're, they're circling the earth right now. So is that is can we get somebody like an Elon Musk to I mean, is there is there a, a future of independent uh, connections like that, that that are in the pipeline? Is is this just the beginning with Elon? And I don't know, you send somebody up with a wrench and you can tweak it in the future. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is there? Well, you know, so if we if we um, if we assume worst case scenario and that these physical Internet service providers are, are going to do exactly what we just discussed, um, wireless is obviously a, a great solution. The problem is uh, a completely new network would need to be constructed, which, um, you know, will take five to ten years typically. And uh, the 
the harder part is that the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, controls the access to the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So they actually have the ability to deny someone or a company, a person, to gaining access to the spectrum to build out this new free network. Um, And so they still have those tight controls uh, that are deeply concerning to me. We are facing uh, a world of tremendous miracles. You told me about uh, some research being done in Israel uh, almost a year ago. And you said, I think we are going to I think we're going to cure about a third of blindness uh, and we'll know early next year. Well, I just read the article that said it worked uh, in in Israel that that this testing they did with this old guy who had not glaucoma but uh, corneal uh, he needed corneal re- replacement, which you don't get unless you have a dead guy that's going to give you the eyes. Uh, and right. they've come up with a a bogus you know or a, a technological cornea implanted it, and the guy can see again. So we're yeah. we're facing a time where miracles are on the horizon. But at the same time, as you said, if it's not used right, our worst nightmares are coming. How do, how do we how do we balance this going forward? What, what do people need to do to be able to have access to this in a good way? And I mean, the people at the top. Well, I, you know, I tend to be uh, an optimist in, in this regard. And I, I think one of the things that we have really going well for us is um, the, the sheer amount of money that's being invested into these breakthrough technologies, one of which you just mentioned. In fact, there's going to be some fantastic news coming in the next several months about um, uh, using genetic engineering, genetic editing technology to actually uh, uh, cure uh, another form of genetic blindness, uh, LCA10, uh, through a, a very exciting pioneering company. Um, but there's so much capital and belief that these things are working, and they are, that it continues to drive forward the markets and the investment and the research and development far faster than any government can keep up. Uh, and uh, these advancements uh, literally cannot be stopped. Uh, and so um, that is, to me, a reason for us to be optimistic about uh, our future, because um, the speed at which we're developing positive technologies for society is far faster than a government can regulate them. I'm just and, uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned about AI and we're starting to see more and more AI come online. And, you know, you d- don't fear the. Don't fear the machine, fear the algorithm, and more importantly, fear the teacher or the programmer of that algorithm. I mean, you you put bias into those algorithms, and it changes the world fast. Yes. It is um, my biggest technological fear is how we will use artificial intelligence, hands down. It's the thing that keeps me up. Well, call me when you're up, because I'm always up at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate it.
that was uh, that was Jeff Brown. He's the founder and chief uh, investment analyst of uh, Brownstone Research, editor of the Bleeding A Edge. You can find him at brownstoneresearch.com and jeffbrownletter.com. Back in a minute with more. Kevin uh, lives in North Carolina. He writes in about his dog's experience with rough greens. He said, I finally decided to try this after seeing the ads over and over and over again. And I thought it seemed like a lot of hype. But I will tell you, I found out that it is everything it advertises. My four-year-old dog was a picky eater. Not anymore. She had a huge increase in appetite. We also gave it to her younger sister, and she loves it too. They play all day long now, and they collapse at the end and fall asleep. Thank you, Rough Greens. I will tell you, I've just noticed this about uh, Uno. He is like going to sleep. He's like, you remember when you were in summer and you would just be outside and you'd be playing and you'd be doing stuff all day long, and then you would come. You didn't have a hard time sleeping because you'd come back and you'd just like... And fall right to sleep. That's what Uno is doing now. And I know it is connected to the uh, Rough Greens. He's a different dog. Now, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the food. Dogs love it because it tastes amazing. And meanwhile, they're getting all those vitamins and minerals and other things that are going to contribute to a healthy life form. So check them out today. Your dog will thank you. It's Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, the one thing I regret from today's show is that I did not get to any of the Edwin Black clips uh, from the podcast today. Maybe we'll, we'll play some, hopefully, if we have time on Monday. Uh, this is a podcast that came out, what, yesterday for the uh, subscribers of the Blaze TV. It's available now. Just look for the Glenn Beck podcast with Edwin Black. It'll be everywhere tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. I think it goes up on the Blaze YouTube channel or my YouTube channel uh, and uh, also wherever you get your podcast. This is a must listen to. This should be required listening for every member of the audience. You will understand where my head is. And what I look for and what I'm thinking, uh, along with Edwin Black, who is the world's leading, in my opinion, at least, everybody would agree he's one of one of the world's leading scholars on um, governments gone bad, corporations going bad and the Holocaust. It's it's amazing. We talk about IBM and the Holocaust and what IBM did, and he lays out the six or seven steps to the gas chambers, and you'll have to decide for yourself where we are. But he lays it out, and then I ask him, are we seeing that? Are these corporations doing this? Is What's that? It's very clarifying, and I urge you to listen to this podcast, even if you've never listened to a podcast before, and you're only going to listen to one, listen to this one. It's uh, Edwin Black. You'll find it tomorrow, 3 o'clock, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find it right now, available at uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. Sign up, get these in advance. Get them a couple of days ahead. This is really well worth it. Happy Valentine's Day. Have a safe weekend. We will see you Monday. Monday.